It's unnecessary roughness. Adams goes in motion left to right. Carr in the shotgun. Abdullah to the left of Carr. Back to pass. Loads up. Fires far sideline. Adams fighting for it. Makes the grab at the 38 on the far sideline. He was battling with Jalen Ramsey and went to the turf to make the grab. Caught it and drew the flag for a big pickup. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call this Studio Q. Of course, it's being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I'm going to shout out my man Mordecai. does a fantastic job. Uh, these guys have been in business for just about 50 years, and they win award after award after award after award. They're like LeBron James when he first went to Miami, and he thought he was going to win not one, not two, not three, not four. Not five, not six. He thought he was going to win all those championships. Well, the good thing is the Jewelers of Las Vegas, they win award after award after award after award. They don't come up short like the Miami Heat. They're winning. Anyone, who's anyone, if they're going to get jewelry, they're going to see my man Mordecai. So definitely check them out, 702-382-1234, or you can simply check them out online at thejewelers.com. So uh, we got my guy Raider Loke from the 626 patiently waiting on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Raider Loke, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's good, Q? How's it going, man? I'm blessed, brother. It's been a while. It's been a while since I called. But I've been meaning to call into the Locked On Raiders podcast. I know we're talking about the expectations for the season, and I know what word around training camp is. The standard has changed. And um, I don't know about y'all, but this season it's almost feeling like the 1980 Raiders when they went to the Super Bowl and beat the uh, Eagles, I believe, uh, 27 to 10. I mean, that's when the season when they just got Jimmy Punkett. We just got Jimmy G. They kept, uh, they brought in a lot of veteran free agents. We brought in a ton of veteran free agents, and we kind of kept the core of the Raider tradition, which is Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, and all the old cats. It almost has that feeling of that 1980 season. And also, another expectation is the Raiders weren't expected to do much in 1980. Well, same thing in 2023. They're not expected to do much this season. So you never know, man. They may be, they may be sneaky bad, but they also may be sneaky good. You just never know, especially with the Super Bowl being in Vegas and, and the Legion this season. You just never know. That may get the juices pumping. Hey, thank you, Raider Loke, for the call. Good stuff. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You just don't know, right? We can sit there and guesstimate of what this team's going to do. We can guesstimate what every team across the league is going to do. Until they actually get out there on the grass and the games matter, we don't know. And I do believe that with the continuity that the Raiders have, for the most part, I think that that's going to help them early in the season. I really do. Like when they go to Denver week one, and even Buffalo week two, with them coming back and, and being really comfortable and not having to learn a new scheme, even though it's a new quarterback under center and Jimmy G, I think that that's going to help them. Now, look, the other team's going to have something to say about it. So we're going to see how well they do. But the good thing, like I mentioned earlier, I think that it's almost a blessing in disguise that the expectations aren't really there for the Raiders. There's not all eyes on them. Not everyone's talking about them. Like my man, uh, Ant Wiggins from uh, Locked On Jaguars said, I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know what they're doing with that roster. I don't even think they want to win no games. That's cool. That's cool. Let folks believe that. You know, maybe maybe the, the they won't be paying attention and the Raiders can steal the game here and there. Who knows? I'll tell you what. I bet you the Chiefs have been paying attention. I bet you the Chargers are paying attention. I know the Broncos are paying attention. Those cats in the AFC West, you know they're paying attention because, well, they've got to. That's what they're supposed to do. But the rest of the outside world, it's okay. 
Let them go ahead and do what they do. Raider Loke, great call, man. I do appreciate you. Robin Oakland hit us up with a really good text, as he always does. His texts are great. He said, uh, he got a couple points here. Prior to J- JT's show, one of the Rich Eisen sidekicks said the week six game at Allegiant would be a Pat Mahomes home game. Then a Giants fan called in and called the Raiders game a lock victory. It boils my blood, but being underestimated is not our choice. It's our burden until we start winning. Flying under the radar may help us earn some early wins. Two, going forward as a team, I want to see the intelligence, discipline, and a narrow focus on winning. Three, I've been waiting forever for a defender to take ownership of the defense. I really hope Max rallies the guys to Barry Mahomes and Herbert. And four, congratulations on the national show cue. That's Rob in Oakland. Great stuff. And, yeah, when it comes to especially rallying the guys, talking about Max Crosby, rallying the guys and, and having that, that ownership, right, and getting after Mahomes, you know the task at hand. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, you got to bury those dudes, right? What did Al Davis say early in the game? The quarterback must go down. It must go down hard. That's that's the motto that they got to have. And unfortunately, it's 2023, so getting after the quarterback is, is a tougher task, getting him to the ground, because if you put him down too hard, it's going to be a penalty. But to Max's credit, and I thought this was going to be a problem that was going to plague him throughout the course of his career, to his credit, he's learned how to sack the quarterback without getting that roughing the quarterback penalty. He has really found a way to – Changed kind of his style from his, his early years in the league, his rookie year and even the second year, to learning how to not get that 15-yard penalty. He used to get those, remember, on the sideline? I remember what game was it. Was it Washington at Allegiant Stadium? I want to say it was that Washington game. He got a, a bad penalty because he hit the quarterback late. He doesn't really do that. He shows a lot more discipline, a lot more poise, but he's still able to get to the quarterback and be very effective. Really good stuff. Uh, Ra- Raider Loke and also re- really good stuff Robin Oakland appreciate the text my man appreciate the uh, the congratulations as well that's really really cool uh, let's go and hear some sound from quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo he met with the media yesterday head coach Josh McDaniels did as well but we never got to the Jimmy G sound and so uh, as he wrapped up day two of joint practices I don't think that you'll see him at all on uh, on Saturday I think Vinny Bonsignor brought up a good point in the first uh, hour of the show when he said if he doesn't play on Saturday He's not going to play against Dallas, and it's going to basically be nine months since he last played. Like, basically, a baby has been born in the time that – from in between Jimmy playing. <laughs> Think about that. A whole baby was born. <laughs> so, if he doesn't play tomorrow and he doesn't play on uh, the next week and then doesn't, doesn't actually play until that first game of the season, which is against the Denver Broncos. But here's Jimmy G talking about, well, learning his time t- – getting his timing down after not playing for a while. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's why we're out here. I mean, it's practice, so you want to try different things. Uh, you know, game time comes, it's a lot different. You know, when the bolts are flying, you know what you want to do. You know who you want to go to. But uh, out here, you can try different things, and it's always nice to mix it up, try mixing the deep ball here and there and uh, see what the guys could do. Jimmy G right there, you know, he's never going to be a guy that's going to give you a long, elaborate answer, but uh, he, he gets his point out, right? And that's exactly what they're out there for. And it's so funny, man, just listening to Jimmy and, and starting to get to know him a little bit obviously not personally, but just what we're hearing uh, in media sessions and being able to see him out there on the grass and, and, and practicing and everything. He just, he just seems like he's just one of those, those dudes that, that guys like to play with, right? And I think that that's a big deal. The guys out there like a, a Jacoby Myers, like a Devontae Adams, like a Hunter Renfro, it just seems like they are very comfortable 
with playing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Speaking of Hunter Renfro, here's Jimmy talking about his chemistry that he's building with Hunter Renfro. Uh, Hunt's been awesome, man. He, he sees the field very well, makes it easy on me, uh, very decisive in his routes. But all those guys, I mean, him, DC, tight ends even uh, that work the slot. I mean, all those guys have been doing a good job. Just They give me easy targets, and so it makes my job a lot easier. Jimmy G just talking about chemistry with Hunter Renfro, and you hear him mention the other guys too. They give him easy targets, makes his job easier. He's just, again, just seems like a, a low-key, just type of chill dude, right? He doesn't take himself too seriously, just goes out there and does what he does and, and really leans on his teammates to, to help him out. And I think that that's why he's so endearing to his teammates, why nobody, no matter where he's been, New England, San Francisco, and now with the Raiders, no one talks bad like, oh, yeah, that's not a, that's not a good teammate. I don't like, I don't like him. You don't hear anybody talk about that when it comes to Jimmy G. These joint practices that the Raiders have had, to me, have been a big deal. Having two weeks in a row, one with the Niners and now one with the Rams, again, you're getting a lot of work in. Your ones are getting a lot of work in. They might not be playing in the game, but getting that, that time out on the grass against another team I think is a big deal. Here's Jimmy G talking about practices now with two different teams. I really enjoy these, these joint practices, honestly. It's it's a nice change up from uh, banging heads against the same guys every day. Gives you a new look on defense, new coverages, new fronts up front, and you really just got to put the puzzle together. I mean, that's that's the fun part of being a quarterback in the system. You got to put the pieces together, uh, get the guys all on the same page, and go from there. So I thought we'd been doing a good job of that. We we got room to grow though as an offense. Just keep keep growing. So he enjoys it. He he knows what the task at hand is. He he knows that they need to continue to grow. But what were his biggest takeaways from the last two practices that they had? I think just, you know, getting closer as a group, you know, there's some new guys this year. Obviously, some of these guys are returning from last year, but uh, I'm big on the, the group atmosphere, you know, away from the field. How do you bond together? How do you talk to each other? Uh, I think those little things add up and uh, that gives you a better chance to win on Sundays. So I think, uh, you know, we've done a lot of that this offseason and in training camp, but there's always room to improve on that. And so we're always trying to do that stuff. Final soundbite from Jimmy Garoppolo. Then we'll go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. This one's about the rookie, Trey Tucker, right? What does he like about Trey, Trey Tucker besides speed? Right? We already know he's fast, but what, is, what does uh, Jimmy G like about Trey Tucker? Does he have any advice for him? Well, I like Trey. I mean, he's explosive. He's strong. I saw in the game last week that he's got that dog in him. He's, he's willing to fight for that ball, you know, and uh, for a rookie to come in and have that, that's pretty rare. So, But he's uh, you know, nowhere near perfect. He's got, he's got room to grow, and uh, – it's just about when you're a rookie, you just got to keep going, man. You, you can't ever think that you have it figured out at any point in your career, but especially as a rookie, you can't relax. You just got to keep going. It's, it's a long year, but, you know, he's built the right way, and mentally I think he's ready for it. So there you go. Jimmy Garoppolo talking about Trey Tucker, a guy that a lot of people questioned when the Raiders selected him. He's got speed, but, well, they don't need a slot guy. They don't need a wide receiver. They have all the weapons. Well, he's providing something that the Raiders, in my opinion, haven't had since Henry Ruggs, and that's – that's that deep speed. That's that, that's that take the top off the defense type speed. So I like what we've seen from Trey Tucker. I think he has a lot of room to grow. Obviously, he's got to you know, continue to, to master what he does, but he doesn't have the pressure of he has to be the guy right now either. right? I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. When you look at some of these positions like a Tyree Wilson, he doesn't have to be a starter right now. The Raiders aren't desperate. Like when the Raiders traded Khalil Mack, everyone knew that, oh, my gosh, they need, a, they need an edge rusher, and they ultimately went out and got Clee Farrell. Why did they go get Clee? No disrespect to him, but more likely than not because, well, they need an edge rusher and they were desperate. They just traded their guy off. The Raiders aren't desperate. Tyree Wilson, they could bring along slowly, right? Michael Mayer, they do need a tight end, right? They, they, they have Austin Hooper. I like him. Uh, there's obviously other guys in the room that you like, but you want to have another dude. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a guy that needs to get out there immediately. 
You look at a guy like Byron Young, they have a pretty pretty deep room right now in the defensive line and the defensive tackle position. So he doesn't have to be the day one starter, but he could develop into it. Same thing with Ja'Korian Bennett. Even though I think Ja'Korian's going to end up being a starter, he didn't really have to be. That's why they went out and addressed the cornerback position in free agency. Got some guys like a Duke Shelley, right, like a Brandon Faison. I know Brandon Faison got injured, but, I mean, he's, he's out there. David Long, he's been getting a lot of burn this week. So, I mean, there's – there's things to like about the way that they put this roster together where they're not forcing young dudes into a position where they have to be that guy immediately. Chris Smith, the safety out of Georgia, I think he's going to end up being a dude. I really do. But I think that they're going to bring him along slowly. They got Marcus Epps. Trayvon Merrick seems like he's getting along pretty well with Marcus and, and learning from him. So I think that he has an opportunity to kind of grow with the situation. And then Chris Smith could go in there whenever they're ready. But, again, I look at all these positions – and nobody has to be on the field immediately, right? I mean, you look at the quarterback position. You look at what, you know, um, Bryce Young. They are, are um, yeah, Young. No, Bryce. Yes, yeah, Bryce Young. I always get, yeah, I'm, man, I always get Byron Young and Bryce Young. I, always I, get, I was going to agree with you on that that's one. That's what I've done I always, I start, I start questioning myself because of Byron Young, the third-round pick. And you know what's funny about that? There's two Byron Youngs that were drafted this year. Right? You know how I know that? Because huh, I used the wrong p- picture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm learning. Right. So, br- yeah. Bryce Young. Jeez. Anyway, Carolina's got him as a starter. C.J. Stroud is the starter in Houston. Anthony Richardson, starter in Indianapolis. Right? These guys are basically having to be out on the field immediately. The Raiders don't have that. And they have Aiden O'Connell, who who knows what he's going to turn into. But he doesn't have to start. Right? And he might turn into the number two at some point. Or he, you know, he might end up sitting as the number three guy for the course of this year. But because they have Jimmy G, because they have Brian Hoyer, they don't feel like that they have to force this young man into action. I think all of that is a positive. Let's go out to the phone lines before I mess up their names, and uh, let's talk to our friend Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. How, how you? How are you doing today, man? I'm blessed, man. How are you, brother? Good, good. I just want to point out a couple of things. Uh, I uh, heard the interview you had with uh, Mike Marks the other day, and he was saying how, like, you just can't turn a team around in one year. And obviously, as Raider fans, you know, we're a little impatient. But right. we, I think we are starting to see some of the changes. And I know it's just been, uh, you know, the one preseason game and then the uh, the joint practices. <clears throat> but one thing I noticed, especially against the 49ers, um, um, you can see the, the speed that they, they've added and also the power, right? Because you can see that they got a lot of pressure up the middle. And then with uh, even I know Bernie's probably not going to be starting, but even his whoever's going to be starting, you can see that they have speed chasing the quarterback down, making them, making them get rid of the ball earlier, and and they're getting their hands on the ball. That's just about kind of getting back, dropping back, and getting in good position, right? Even you know just tipping the ball that makes something happen because it get up in the air, and anytime the ball is up in the air, anybody you know got got a chance to get it. And another thing, I think uh, the Raiders got new leaders, man. I mean. We, we wish Carr the best, but you hear that a lot of time in sports, even with coaches, right, that, that might be with a team for a long time. I think Bill Walsh has, has a saying, like, if a coach is with a team over, like, 10 years, like, the voice kind of starts to dull a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Carr was the leader for this team for, you know, for so many years. And I think it added some juice to have, you know, a, a different person, you know, at the at the lead of the, you know, at the lead of the group and Max and uh, Jacobs and, and Devontae. And then now you got Marcus Peters in here, and we've been talking about dogs. Now you, you look at all those dudes; all those dudes are are, are dogs. 
And uh, one thing that's really going underrated, the Raiders got two of the best kickers in, in the whole league. They don't get a lot of, you know, a lot of love because, you know, they're, they're kickers. But they're they're excellent, man. And I think that's going to, you know, get the three points when we need them, obviously, but we want to get touchdowns. And then, you know, field position with our punter. So I think that's going to – that's an underrated um, team, the special teams that people don't talk about a lot, but the coaches, they know how important it is. So – I think that's going to make a big difference with the Raiders, Raiders field position this year. But, um, yeah, the speed and the power, man, it, it's obvious that that's going to make a difference this year. I'm looking forward to see it uh, real time. There it is. There it is. Bernard, good stuff, man. It's always great to hear from you. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, speed, they really made an effort to make sure the team was a lot faster. Strength, they've really made an effort to make sure the team was stronger. They also made a lot of effort to make sure the team was smarter. Right, They had intelligent guys, and that's no slight to anybody who's on the team last year, but guys that understand and could pick up what they're trying to coach and trying to teach, and they could just fly around and play faster where they're not thinking. That's just – you can see it, and even going back to what I was saying about Aiden O'Connell as a rookie, he's able to pick up Coach McDaniel's system. So, uh, again, they, there are certain traits. Dave Ziegler, he, he joined me uh, live at the table when I was at the owners' meetings in Phoenix and told me exactly the traits that they were looking for in a, in a Raider. And those are some of the traits. Speed, power, strength, football IQ, all that is what goes into being a Raider in the eyes of Dave Ziegler, in the eyes of Coach McDaniels, in the eyes of Patrick Graham, so on and so forth. Gangsta Gangsta, you're up next. What's on your mind? What's, welcome to the show. What's happening, Q? Hey, Jimmy. you remember when I told you about um, when I said Eric B. Eric B. and me leaving Kansas City was going to have a very, very – Major detrimental effect on them. Yep. You remember that? Yep. And did you did you watch the um preseason game against um the Arizona? Saints last week? No, they uh, played the Saints. They played Derek Carr and the Saints, if I'm not mistaken, this week. I thought they pre-season. played Arizona last week. Maybe they did. No, you're right. You're right. They did. No, I didn't. I, okay, I was tripping. I, was, I watched the wrong game. I I can't remember who played Arizona that I was watching. Huh. All right. Nah. See, I watched that game. It was the um it was the Queefs and the um Aints. You know what I'm saying? And um. The Chiefs didn't look that good. They let Derek Carr march down the field, score a touchdown, and they, they had their starting offense, their whole starting offensive unit out there, and they went four and out, I mean, on turnover on downs because they went forward on first on fourth down and couldn't um couldn't convert. And the second, um, they went out again for a second time, and they, they didn't look too good. And that goes to my issue. Remember, I, I remember I told you, I think Eric B. Enemy leaving Kansas City is going to really affect them. I think that's why the um, schedule makers – schedule us to play them so late in the season. They figure they'll get it together because they know they're not going to come out smoking without Eric Bieniemy. because to me, Eric Bieniemy is the secret sauce, not Andy Reid, because Andy Reid was winless in the Super Bowl until he got with Eric Bieniemy. You know what I'm saying? And I say that to say this. I'm not really even worried too much about Kansas City. I think the division is going to come down between us and the Chargers. You know what I'm okay. saying? And also, Kansas City, they start off with Detroit. Detroit can actually beat them then their second game is in Jacksonville. They can lose to Jacksonville. They get a um, gimme game in week three. They get Chicago at home. But then in week four, they got to play the Jets in New York. So say they lose to Detroit, Jacksonville, and the Jets, they can start off one and three, and they'll be out the division. You know what I'm saying? All we got to do is worry about us and the Chargers. That's what I'm thinking. What you think about that? Am I, am I sounding crazy to you or am I making sense? Do you feel me? I, I hear you. <laughs> Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. I hear you. I mean, look, until the Chiefs are proven not to be the Chiefs, they're still the Chiefs. I do think that the enemy is a big deal, 
But I think that Andy Reid also is the engineer of that team and that offense. And as long as they got 15, which is a great quarterback, I think that they're going to find a way to be okay. But, look, early season, I've been saying it, man. You never know how teams are going to come out early in the, in the season. They could come out flat. And if they lose a couple games and the Raiders happen to win a couple games, especially AFC teams, I, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I would, again, if I had to put money on it, I would bet that they're going to be fine but I'm not putting money on it. <laughs> so I understand what you're saying. We'll, we'll, we'll see exactly sooner rather than later. But to me, as long as you got 15 behind center, you've got yourself a really, really good chance at being successful. I'm not, just to be honest, I'm not a big believer in Detroit. I'm not a big believer in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I kind of want to see it first. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to be good teams. I'm just saying that I'm not a big believer in those teams as of right now. But thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And like I said, we'll see. I thought Tyreek Hill losing Tyreek last year was going to affect the Chiefs. And, well, they went on to win the Super Bowl. But to your point, they did have Eric Bieniemy, So we'll see what he does in Washington, and we'll see what the Chiefs do without him. 420 is the time. We'll continue to take your calls and text 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Plus, we've got reason or excuse right around the corner. Ari's got some topics. He's just going to hit us with them and decide if they're reason or excuse. We got it all as we close out the week here on Red Nation Radio 920. So I feel like Madden has a good tell of how good players are. So I just play Madden the night before, and I go look at all their ratings. So let's say, for instance, they had Steve Nelson and Derek Stingley over there, two phenomenal players, by the way. Um, I just go get on Madden. I go to the EA rosters. Then I scroll down and see what their awareness is, their speed is, and their sprint. And that's how I get a good tell on them. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 425 is the time you found, you heard my arch nemesis right there. The man that called me old school. You see, I'm not excited, right? <laughs> you see, I have no energy in my voice when I say that. That was one Tyreek Hill talking about Madden. Yes, the guy that called me old school. But that's all right, though. I still will never forget that day when he said, we got to get old school in the game. And he's looking at me, and I'm like, oh, who's looking at? Who he's talking to? I turned around, and there was not one swinging D behind me. <laughs> it was only me. I was like, damn. <laughs> oh, me? Right, right. <laughs> I've reached that point in my life where I am now old school. It's a blessing. It's yeah, blessing. yeah, I know. I know it is a blessing. I need to be like Marcus Peters where he was like, they call me the OG in the room, and I appreciate that. That's what I need to do. Got a much higher Madden rating than you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he got – but I got in the game. True. I got in the game. I got a rebound a over Max Crosby. You get a one. <laughs> I did. I get. I got a one because I got the rebound over Max. Well, to the side of Max, but he tried to get the rebound and I got it. But I was like, you know, I'm a little smaller, obviously. So I've always taught if you get the rebound and you're in, you're in, in no man's land, you got to go right back up with it. So I got the rebound and tried to just, you know, kind of alley oop it off like a little tip in, like we used to play tips all the time. But I didn't make it. But my teammate got it and put it back in. So I really assisted on him getting a bucket. That's how I'm looking at it. Great job, old school. Yeah. And you know what sucks? <laughs> the worst part of that whole situation is the rebound was caught on, on, on tape. The wife recorded it. And the putback she recorded, but I missed. If I, uh, if I had made it on the putback, I'd have been the man. I'd have been like, let's run it, run it back. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I know a good video editor. No, I missed. Maybe, I know we, I missed. We might be able to. We no, might I, ain't, I ain't trying to do all that. I, I know a good video editor, too. All right. <laughs> he gets a lot of daily work. I get it. <laughs> But no, I'm I, I missed. I get it. I missed. 
Hey. But I, I, hey, I provided a good five minutes of action. I wouldn't even last five minutes, as we know, but I wouldn't even last that long. So, man, I'll and tell I you, ain't even as old school as you. I went, <laughs> I went up and down the court like one or two times, and you know when you get that shock value. When all of a sudden you, you haven't played in a while, you haven't done anything in a while, Ankles. and all of a sudden it hits you immediately, it hit me immediately, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I got my second win, like on the third, fourth trip down the, the court, and I was like, all right, I'm good. But I wasn't like uh, Zadarius uh, Williams. Uh, Z- no, is that his last name? Anyway, he used to play in Minnesota. He's in Cleveland now. Uh, Z, they call him Z. Anyway, he was on my team, and he literally had a margarita on the, on the side of the uh, – on, on court side, right? He was sitting on the bench next to me, and he had a margarita – and Dennis Rodman was our coach, so he said, all right, Z, we're going to put you in. So he said, all right. And he, told, he looked at me and goes, I'm going to run down the court one time, and I'm going to run one time back, and I'm going, to, I'm going to check myself out. So somebody get ready for me. But he's a big dude. Obviously, I can't go in for him because he's a lot bigger than me. So I got to go in for a guard, not, not, a, not a power forward or a center. <laughs> right? So uh, anyway, he literally did that. He ran down the court, played defense. I say that loosely. And then he came back, and instead of running down the court and waiting for something, he literally ran down and curved towards the, the bench and ran right off. And he was good. And we had four guys out there for a minute, and he was drinking a margarita. He was good. <laughs> he did what he said he was going to do. I'm going to run up and back, and I'm good. And that's exactly what he did. We lost that game, too, by the way. Just saying. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> it happens. It absolutely happens uh got some text that i want to get to 69187 keyword rnr we threw out a couple questions there uh who or what are you focused on in tomorrow's preseason game number two versus the rams and then also could it be an advantage this year that nobody really has high expectations for this raiders team uh we got a text from let's see we got a couple here this one is from the 209 i'd like to see o'connell and see how consistent he could be as well as zamir white for now he's the future so i'm hoping he continues to produce and run through guys a little harder I'll also be looking at the defense for consistency as well. They need to hold on to those balls for picks. That's from the 209. And, yeah, I want to see Zamir White. I'm glad you brought up Zamir. I want to see him run harder. I heard someone earlier today, I want to say it was Levi Edwards maybe from Raiders.com, and he was saying how much Zamir likes contact. And I know he, I, I know he does. I saw him do that in college at Georgia. And you saw a little bit of it in the preseason last year when he got a chance to play. But what I saw on Sunday from Zamir, even though he ran for some pretty decent numbers, looked pretty good out there. Some of the play calls were really good play calls and were able to pick up some chunk yards. But I didn't really see him run through anybody. And I think that's what Levi, I want to say that he kind of quoted that Marshawn Lynch, uh, I just want to run through a mofo's face, right? I didn't see him running through anybody's face on Sunday. I saw him running and getting hit and then going down. And there was even a couple times where it looked like he had the edge and was going to pick up a first down. And I remember sitting in the press box saying, oh, that's a first down. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoop, caught him right before, you know, and that, that actually led to a couple fourth and, and ones that the Raiders uh, attempted. They picked up one and didn't pick up the other one. But, yeah, I just – I'd like to see him run a little bit harder. You know, get behind his pads, get a little bit lower. And I literally would like to see him run through a mofo's face. Like, seriously, I mean, just – Really just, bow, just give him the business, right? And that's, that's the beautiful thing about Josh Jacobs, right? He runs hard, and there's chances for him to kind of go around a guy and elude a guy and, and then maybe go out of bounds. But he likes to fire up his team. So what he does, his words, not mine, he'll try to run through them and get his teammates pumped up. That goes a long way. That gets everybody on the sideline pumped up. That gets the, 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 the guys on, in the huddle pumped up. 
I mean, you just got to – sometimes you just got to do that, and that's what Josh Jacobs does really well. He runs through contact, and he produces contact. I would like to see a little bit more from Zamir White from that side of things. Aiden O'Connell, no doubt. I just want him to build off of what he did Sunday. I'm interested to see. I don't know if Jimmy's going to get any burn, but I really can't wait to see what number four is going to do, really. And, and not because I think he's a starter. I'm just so curious on how, how he keeps growing. That's, to me, that's interesting. And that goes back to the draft process when I kept saying that, man, if the Raiders had like a guy like Bryce Young uh, out there, I think Raider Nation would be just excited to see what he looks like, right, just because they want to get – they want to get you know to know this guy and, and see what he brings to the table. So they'd be happy cheering for that that young man out there. Well, I think that Aiden O'Connell provides that kind of uh, intrigue, right? Just because I know I didn't know what to expect from him. I had some people tell me that they they felt a certain way and they knew that he was going to be this that, and the other. I'm not really buying that, but that's cool, right? I I just I'll be the first to tell you I had no idea what to expect from Aiden O'Connell, but I know going into tomorrow's game I'll be looking to see what number four gets into the game and what he does. Let's go out to Denver. Glenn, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Glenn? Q, how, happy Friday, brother. You too, brother. Appreciate uh, you. Right on. I, I'm kind of curious about three things, really. One, I want to see if the, the defense can replicate last week. I want to see if they can continue to keep flying around, have that kind of energy to really start chasing that ball down, really start hitting the ball out, going after interceptions, things like that. I want to see Mayer. I want to see what that guy has. I saw um, something on Twitter about how uh, Rackwall was looking where he was, and I just want to make sure – I want to see that we don't have that much of a let off on that mm-hmm. side of it. I want to see if he's exactly what uh, they say he was. And then I want to see if uh, O'Connell is the same thing as the defense, see if he can replicate that and he's not just a flash and – he can just sling that ball around and get it into where we need to get and see how we can get that red zone closed up. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. And I didn't even think of, of Michael Mayer. I should have. But, yeah, he's definitely somebody I'm intrigued by. I want to see what, what he looks like out there. I was glad to hear that he returned to practice this, this week. And, you know, he even caught a, a ball from Jimmy that would have gone for a touchdown. Like, that's awesome. I think he's going to be a big-time player. But you're right, Glenn. you got to see it. You want to see it. So I definitely want to see him. And, yeah, you mentioned uh, Darren Waller. And I think he had caught, like, three passes on the Giants' first drive. They're playing the Carolina Panthers right now. I'm actually checking it out on NFL Network. And uh, he caught three passes. And I know that they were tweeting, like, oh, man. How many catches is he going to have? Man, the Raiders sure are going to miss him. And I do think to a certain extent they will miss him, but they won't miss the the health, right? Because he, he just, the last couple seasons, he just hasn't been available enough. I, I think he's a hell of a player. Obviously, he's a hell of an athlete, a great guy. Definitely going to always root for, uh, for Darren Waller just because, I mean, his story. And like I said, he's just a good dude. Uh, but, you know, it just wasn't a, a good fit. Uh, the Raiders decided it was time to move on, but I do think Michael Mayer is more of what they are looking for in their tight end. They're looking for that, you know, more of a traditional style guy, and he fits that mold. Now he's got to go out there and live up to the billing. It's so funny, on the postgame show on Sunday, uh, Donald Penn, that's all he kept talking about was Darren Waller. He's like, I'm sorry, Raider Nation, but I just love Darren Waller. <laughs> he, he, he just kept saying it over and over again. He's like, I'm sorry, Q. And I was like, no, it's cool. I'm, I'm not tripping. Like, I ain't got nothing against him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's cool. What, hey, man, you say what you say. But it was just funny the way he kept saying it. Like, man, that's, that's really my guy. <laughs> so he was, he was disappointed. But at the same time, he was like, Glenn, I want to see 
what Mayer looks like. So, uh, you know, it's, it's good, and I can't wait to see what he looks like tomorrow. That's one of my notes I'm actually writing down right now to add to guys that I'll be paying attention to. I got a nice little list of, of guys that I'll be looking to. I got guys offensively, defensively, and special teams that we'll get to in a hot minute, but I uh, want to get some more feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, DC Raider from the Bay. I would definitely much rather have Aiden O'Connell as our backup. Plus, he could be our future. We'll see what he does tomorrow. When it comes to predictions, I don't think most people are giving Dave Ziegler credit for, for uh, how good of a drafter he is. We used to have the worst draft classes. Then you add our free agents. I truly believe that we have done a great job. Now we are stacked with talent. Hashtag 10 plus wins. That's DC Raider from the Bay. I'm terrible at predictions when it comes to wins, loss. I'm awful at it. Uh, so I, I won't even try to, you know, entertain you with a win-loss record. I've, I've said it many times. I can see the Raiders being a five-win team. I can see them being an 11-win team. And that's not helping anybody. <laughs> that's the biggest window, right? <laughs> I mean, Ari could throw a ball through that window. It's so large, right? And Ari can't throw nothing. <laughs> you don't even have your mic on. Can't even throw the, the button on. Jeez. Jeez. What, what are we doing here? Uh, you threw off my confidence. <laughs> You know, I'm an athlete. I'm trying. <laughs> right? You know what is funny about the predictions? You said that before, and you said that months ago. And a yeah. lot's changed, and it's still, like, totally up in the air. So It's, it's totally up in the air. And, I mean, again, because, like, I, I, I feel encouraged by what I've seen, but I saw a preseason game, and I know better than to get hyped on it. preseason. Yep. And I know better than to get hyped in training, over training camp. But, man, watching what you see, sometimes it's hard. It is hard. You know, so when someone calls in, like, you know, like Gangster Raider calls in, it's like, hey, man, I think that the Raiders could do this, that, and the other. I think that, you know, this division could come down to the Chargers and the Raiders. I understand where he's coming from. Like, I don't want to sign up and say that because, well, it just, to me, like I said, the no-brainer set says that the Chiefs are going to win the division and everyone else is going to be, you know, going for someone else or, you know, maybe the wild card or whatever. But I understand. It's so hard not to get hyped. When you start to see what you're seeing, especially me being in practice and seeing this defense come away with interception now. When's the last time any DB in a Raiders training camp had five interceptions like Marcus Peters does right now? Seriously. Like, if they had one or two, it'd be like, man, that was a great day. Defense came up with some interceptions. I don't see it. I just don't see it. But all of a sudden for them, I mean, last Friday when the 49ers were there and they picked picked them off six times? Raider Nation, they had six picks last season. Last season, they had six picks in a practice. They must have been listening to unnecessary roughness. I heard, uh, matter of fact, there was a text earlier today from D.C. Raider from the Bay. I was listening to the morning tailgate, and he said, and I don't think Lindsey and Clay knew where this number came from, and maybe it didn't come from. Maybe maybe D.C. Raider and me are just on the same page. He said it sounds like 40 sacks and 20 interceptions is obtainable. And I know Lindsey and Clay were like, oh, yeah, that's – that's a lot. That's a lot. But that's the number that I threw out there. So I told Lindsay, I was like, well, that's the number that I threw out there on Unnecessary Roughness. My target number, 40 wins – or 40 wins, 40 sacks and 20 interceptions. Not saying that they're going to get that, but that should be what they're targeting. And if they're getting some picks like they're getting now, that, you know, may, maybe it is something. Maybe they don't get 20, but they get, I don't know, 12. Put that Double the what they did last year. That would be great, right? Put it up on a board, make it the goal. It's exactly the board's going up in the studio. There's no doubt the board before the first game of the season. It's going up on the board. I'm ready. I mean, I'm telling you, man, 40 and 20. That's what it is. Like, like in baseball, it used to be the, the 40, 40 club back in the day. Yeah, that's how old I am. Back in the day when Jose Canseco got the 40, 40 club, 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases. 
Yeah. I'm going to put 40 and 20 on the wall of the studio. I like it. That's what we're going to do. Manifest that. (laughs) I'm trying, Ari. I'm trying. But you can keep that feedback coming. 69187, keyword R&R. 702-365-9200. We got time for a couple more calls, a couple more texts. Plus, we got reason or excuse on the way. Ari's got together some some subjects. He'll hit me with it. We'll decide. Reason or excuse. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on unnecessary roughness. It is time, and as I promised, reason or excuse, what did I say? James Harden would be back, (laughs) and he sure is. Of course. (laughs) All right, so in a recent interview, he was asked if he thought his relationship with the Sixers was beyond repair and answered, quote, I think so. Then Harden went on to say, I've been patient all summer, and for me, it's just focus on what I can control and getting ready for this season. So my take is the relationship is beyond repair because Harden has not been patient, has been vocal, and is focusing on things he cannot control. Would any of that be a reason or excuse to you why this is just not working out for both sides? Um, well, I think the reason why it's not working out for both sides is because, well, James Harden just hasn't worked out for both sides, right? I mean, Daryl Morey's his guy. Daryl Morey lo- loved him in Houston. He loved him enough to get him out of Brooklyn and bring him to Philly. And James hasn't lived up to his end of the bargain. So, um, you know, he wants to get out of there. I do think that Daryl Morey probably told him, all right, we'll trade you. Just opt in so we can get something back. And then put the price tag so high that it wasn't something that that other teams wanted to pay. One, I don't know how many teams really want James Harden at this stage of the game, especially teams that are contenders. I don't think there's any of those. But also, it's like, it's James Harden at this stage of the game. Do you really want to trade for him, give him a big contract extension, and call it a day? Probably not. Um, I, I just – I don't know, man. When it, when it comes to what James has done or been patient all summer, I don't know. It seems like he he does this every year, right? So I just think that James Harden's full of excuses on why it hasn't worked. I'm just going to say there, there are a bunch of excuses. I think Philly gave him a chance to be the reason why they're really good. And he hasn't lived up to it. So I'm just going to rock with James Harden's giving everybody a bunch of excuses. I wouldn't want him on my favorite team. I don't know about you, but that's just me. Couldn't agree more. And I'll just, not a reason or excuse, but real quick, just in your mind, how do you think this ends? Like, it's kind of a weird situation. He really doesn't I don't think, retire or something. Yeah, I know that's see, not, I, that's, the, no, that's the thing. I don't think he has any leverage Yeah, at all, right? I mean, because there's a rule in the NBA now, and kudos to the NBA, if you don't show up for camp by a certain day, like you could forfeit a whole lot of money. Well, we know James Harden's mm. not going to forfeit a whole lot of money. Nah, he needs that grub. So I think, yeah, he needs that. He needs those dollar bills so he can go to the club Stuff and make it face. rain, oh. right? <laughs> I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, exactly. Look, if, if Vegas had a team, uh, an a, a NBA team right now, he'd be trying to get there or get here so he can make it rain. We don't want him. When, no, at all. <laughs> but when he was in Houston, no joke, and I know this because people that worked in Houston at sports radio stations like literally told me that this is something that they know as facts. When James showed up to that club where he can make it rain, they would say they it's almost like a red light would go off. Like, James is here. James is here. Money bags. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and ladies would say that that's their payday. That's their night that they're about to get paid because James is rolling through and they know what he's going to do. He's going to spend a whole lot of coin. And I know that as factual. Right, not that I'm not. I'm not making that up. I know that as facts from people that have been there, done that with James in attendance, and knows what it's all about. So, I don't know. Look, I don't. I don't mind the guy's lifestyle, but it hasn't translated on the court into a winning culture yet. So, there's that. Yep. Okay. 
I'm right. not a James guy, as you can tell. No, not happen. at all. I mean, how can you be, though? And also, I don't think he's got, like, the record for most times on reason or excuse. <laughs> right. I mean, look. That's a, a bad thing right there. He's a hell of a player. Sure. That's the thing sure. about it. He can, he can fill up the stat sheet. He can score a lot of points. But what does he win? Yeah. And, and now it's become – I mean, that, that kind of thing affects the team as well, as you know. You know, the, he can win whatever he can play, but the, it's not great for the locker room either. So we'll see if he makes it again later on. Uh, back over to the NFL. The Commanders announced Thursday that cornerback Danny Johnson is day-to-day due to a rotator cuff strain, which is almost certainly related to the body slam he received from Ravens tight end Mark Andrews after things got chippy on a play. Yeah, in practice. Uh, I shouldn't giggle. It's not funny, but it was just a mess. And the kind of play that would actually have Andrews facing a big suspension had he done it in the regular season. But the NFL does not govern discipline for joint practices. That is the rule. So we're just we're just gonna like let them play right through a potentially season-ending injury. Um, I, I don't think that's the case in this case, but it, it could be. Or it's TBD. We'll see. Uh, we're just gonna roll with that, just because that's them's the rules. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and yeah, absolutely. Remember that's, Aaron Donald swinging a helmet at what Cincinnati Bengal players like a couple years ago yep. or a year ago? Yikes! Yes. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't police joint practices. They leave that up to you, and that's why when the Raiders. Started with their joint practices. What's one of the first things I said? Go out there and have consistency. Play with poise. Don't get into any fights. It does nobody good. This is this could be bad. I mean, Mark Andrews is good. Yeah. Right. He's you know he's going to be the starting tight end for Baltimore. But this other cat, what's his name? Uh, that would be Danny Johnson. Yeah. What's his name? Cornerback. Yeah. What exactly? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he's not guaranteed a roster spot. He's yep. fighting for a roster spot. Him going out there and getting into a fight or getting into this situation and joint practices does him no good. Now he's not guaranteed anything. And so that's why what Josh McDaniels and company has been able to do, and hats off to Sean McVay and company, and hats off to the 49ers and company, what they were able to do is go out there and really get in, get into these joint practices, get a lot of work done without any major thing. Like I know Max and Cam got into it, but it wasn't that serious. Yeah. You know, and I remember, you know, the, the 49ers and Raiders doing a little pushing and shoving, but that was it. It was nothing like Baltimore. I see them fighting, like, every day with Washington. The Cowboys, they're fighting themselves. Michael Parsons is, is literally throwing punches at um, uh, Beatus, Tyler Beatus, or whatever, however you say his name. But that's not good. What if Michael Parsons breaks his hand on someone's helmet because he's swinging at him? Yeah. Then what? That's a potential defensive player of the year. So you've got to have some kind of discipline about yourself. And I know everyone wants to get fired up, and I want to see him go out and be you know, angry and this and that and other, but at the same time, that does no good. They're doing work last year with the Patriots. Guess what? No fights. They, they're putting in work. That's, that's a positive. That's why these joint practices really work. But what happened with Baltimore and Washington, what's happened with Dallas, what's happened with other teams getting into you know these, these fights and joint practices, they do no work. So, I mean, hey – Danny Johnson, it sucks for you, but that's what happens. That's what happens in these practice settings, and you have to hope that both teams keep their their poise together, keep everything together, and don't mess up because if, if, if they do, it can hurt a guy like a Danny Johnson, who I still don't know who Danny Johnson is. only reason I know his name is because I've said it ten times and it's stuck <laughs> in my head now. Yeah. Danny Johnson sounds like he should be playing basketball somewhere. <laughs> there you go. What's crazy too is this isn't even. It doesn't matter if you you, you play your starters, you play whoever. Yeah. It's it affects the team regardless. So. Yep. All right, I'll give you that. All right, one more mini. What <laughs> real quick? <laughs> Big Dub Raider hit us up on the Adobe Broke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. 
Q, Houston clubs are a little different from Vegas clubs. That's all I'll say. Harden wouldn't want to come to Vegas. LOL. Have a great weekend, fellas. Go Raiders. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. I remember this, and this is, I know, sidetrack, but Big Dub Raider got me on this. It's pretty funny. When I went to Atlanta for the Super Bowl, when, um, when it was the Patriots and the Rams, I believe, I was excited about Atlanta because, well, Atlanta has, you know, big features that are there that James Harden would like. Well, <laughs> these places, these establishments in Atlanta, I mean, that was the that was the talk of the whole Super Bowl radio row. King. They were not only charging like $150 just to get in because it's so popular in Atlanta and, and just like in Houston, but they were importing the young ladies, and they were making tens of thousands of dollars a night, not a week, a night. They had to do something strange for some change, and they were making a lot more than some change in one night. That's a lot. Yep. Like, it was funny because um, in Atlanta, it's – King of the, Diamonds, right? No. See, I listen to the hip-hop. No, That's how I know. No, 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 no. Me too. That's why it's I knew which one. I don't think it was King of Diamonds. It was. They have a bunch of yeah. – Yeah, they do, but there was one – I can't remember, but we talked about it all week long on the radio leading up to our trip to Atlanta. And then we end up staying in um, in Bank wait, Bankhead. Yeah, we end up staying in Bankhead when we should have stayed in um, – damn, I can't remember, man. In Magic City? Yes, there Magic City. Thank you. Thank Magic you, City hip-hop. Is, so we talked about that a lot. Anyway, that place was bananas. So then they started telling us about the lower-level ones, and they were bananas. Like that whole city – so we were, we were, we stayed in Bankhead, and we were supposed to stay in Bunk. Um, Bunkhead. No. That's no. the other one. Is it? The other county, I'm saying. It's just, I don't know much else past that. But Damn it. I got a list of some strip clubs, though. <laughs> no, that, that's, there's, I don't need to get into a bunch of them. <laughs> but it was just – it was funny, man. Like, that was the that was the big – that was the big, like, attraction that week in Atlanta. And the weather was terrible. Ooh. It was ice cold out. Oh, there was a lot of black ice on the road, so cars were slipping. I mean, it was the worst weather ever, and Atlanta never has that. But, yeah, we stayed in the hood, and our Airbnb, it was the worst. And all I did is laugh on the way. We were in the Uber, and uh, we were driving to, to our Airbnb. Really nice house, but it was like gentrification. So they had, they had redone the house, but they didn't redo the neighborhood, right? So we're rolling up, and I'm laughing, and everyone's like, why are you laughing at? And I was like, you guys do know that we're in the hood. Like, no, you're not. I was like, man, we are in Bankhead. Like, Bankhead. With, you know what I mean? Like, if you listen to any hip-hop, I ain't never been to Atlanta until that trip. Or I've been to Atlanta one time. Me and the wife were uh, – we stopped there on the airplane on our trip to our honeymoon. We were trying to get to Florida, and our connecting flight was in Atlanta. That's the only time we had been in Atlanta before right. that trip to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, man, like, that was the absolute hood. Like, re- like blue daycare across the street hood. Right, you know what I mean? Like, you know when the laundromat's right there and there's a blue daycare or a yellow daycare, you know that you're in the hood. We were. <laughs> it was cool. I think Bunkhead was the other. I don't know. But the other place that we were supposed to stay in that we didn't, that's actually the nice neighborhood. But it was cool. Ten seconds. Rob, Rob in Oakland says, uh, is it Buckhead? So Buckhead. Maybe, thank you, you Rob. Man, that's why, Rob, we keep Rob around see for that? a reason. <laughs> Rob, thank you, man. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll hear from us tomorrow on the official pregame show starting at 4 o'clock. Radio Nation Radio 920.